Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 252 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the tarot-loving creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to... Today's very special guest, Liz Worth. Welcome to Hippie Witch, Liz. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> Yay! Uh, before we get started, I also I just have to acknowledge your badass bizwitch skills uh, because you are one busy tarot reader. Uh, I, you're new to me, so I did some mm-hmm. online stalking, and mm-hmm. I was so impressed. You're so on it and professional which is a quality i personally admire and you keep a really prolific blog you offer a selection of readings you teach other tarot readers how to read and and you just released a book which we will talk more about in a second but first i just needed to have a moment of awesomeness you liz worth are awesome oh thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) yeah that really uh, impressed me so uh, let's talk about, first and foremost, being a tarot reader. And I have some ideas about what sets you apart after, after doing my online stalking, but I'd be curious to know what you feel sets you apart as a tarot reader. Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, you know, I think I, I think I do things sometimes in a funny way um, where – I just sort of follow whatever makes sense for me. Um, and I've always done that with my life. So, you know, if I feel like I, there's a book I really have to write, I just do it. Um, when I started to, uh, to work with tarot and, you know, at first it, it was like everyone else, you know, it was just reading the cards for myself and, um, and exploring this, you know, this path in a really personal way. But I felt very compelled to, you know, to be there. Right. And um, and to be exploring this tool. And it was the same when I when, you know, when I was learning astrology and all of those things, too. So for me, I just go towards whatever feels most natural and most necessary for me at the time. So sometimes I get these questions where people are like, why do you do things like this or why is it like this? And I have to really think about it because these things always just happen so organically sometimes that I'm like, hmm, <laughs> what does set me apart? Interesting. Um, well, can I ask, yeah. you, mentioned, you mentioned astrology, so I'm feeling mm-hmm. like you probably have some fire and water going on, since you're just like yeah. going on intuition, but then you just immediately jump into action, whereas I'm an air sign, so I'm like, let me think about this for 10 years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Totally get it. Yeah, you're right. I'm, uh, I'm, my sun is in Aries, but my moon is in Pisces, and I'm Scorpio rising. Oh, so, dude, I totally nailed it. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely do feel my way through things, but I think, um, because I work with astrology and tarot, um, and, and often combine them and see a lot of correlation between the two, I, I definitely think, um, you know, in terms of technique and approach, that that's one thing that does set me apart from other tarot readers is that you can come to me and I can 
do your birth chart, but you can also come to me and I'll pull cards for you or we can do both together um, and, and just combine it all. Yeah. That's, that's good to know. There's something um, that I cut and pasted from your website. There's actually a couple things, but uh, I hope you don't mind me quoting you back at you, but I okay, thought, sure. I thought this was cool uh, because, well, I guess just because it resonated with me, but you said, what would you do with your life if there was no second guessing? How would it feel to surrender to the moment and trust that everything is exactly as it's meant to be right now? And and then you were saying like tarot can can help you do that. Tarot can set the stage, I guess, for for doing that. So I would love if you could elaborate on what you meant by surrendering to the moment. And not that it's not self-explanatory, mm. but I would love how how does tarot help someone do that to surrender to the moment and trust that everything is is how it's supposed to be right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I I think. One of the challenges with tarot is, um, especially if, if anyone's reading professionally, is, is you know, distinguishing whether um, you're the type of reader who, you know, someone will go to if they want to, you know, quote unquote, see the future, right? Or if they want something that's a little bit different, right? Because there are some people who do, you know, strictly predictive readings. Um, they really use this as a tool, um you know, that feels very much like fortune telling. And, and there's certainly, you know, a space for that out there, right? And, and that's a big part of tarot's tradition. Um, but, you know, I think I fall more into the category um, of people who use the cards in a very present way. And, um, and, and so I think that that's, you know, when I talk about surrendering to the moment, I find that tarot can really help you understand what's most important to focus on right now and to really give context to what you are moving through at this time. Um, because there, you know, the way I, I look at things is that there's no true certainty to anything except what we know right now. Um, I think that, you know, the decisions that you make today will, you know, will certainly influence what happens to you tomorrow or a year from now or 10 years from now. And, um, and so, you know, we always have to remember that we have influence and we have power. And that's a really important thing that tarot can bring us back to because we don't live in a very empowering world a lot of the time. Um, we're, you know, we're often taught to work outside of ourselves um, for expertise and for knowledge. We're taught to look outside of ourselves for validation Um for, you know, for our careers, our ambitions, you know, a lot of these things um, we tend to be, be reaching for and trying to grab onto. And I think tarot is this, you know, really amazing tool that actually helps you look at what you're working with at the moment, what your strengths are, the things you need to be aware of, um, the things that maybe you're not seeing right now, and how you can start to actually um not only look within, but work from the inside out so that you're not, you know, you're not using this as a way to actually see the future, but to seize it. Um, and, and so that's really what I mean by that, you know, surrendering to the moment, just thinking like, what am I working with right now? And what does that mean for me in terms of my next steps? What does that mean for me in terms of where I could be going or I might want to go? You know, do I have to change direction? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I often say to let what is be your guide, and I think uh, tarot is so great at bringing you in 
taking a pause, checking in with yourself, bringing you into the, the present moment, which I believe is your point of power. Like there's nothing you can do to change the past. And all you've really got is this moment, uh, this present moment. That's where your power is. And when I say power, I mean power from within, is, which is something yeah. that you were just talking about as opposed to grasping for for power over or, or reaching for power outside yourself. The real power comes from within and it's in the present moment. And I love that you are using Tarot as, as a tool for tapping into your intuition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, and that's something, you know, tapping into our intuition isn't something that we're taught how to do, right? And again, it goes back to this, you know, this often state of disempowerment that so many of us come into. Um, where, you know, there, there are a lot of, a lot of industries that are, are set up to teach us to rely on them. Um, and there are a lot of, you know, also different, you know, different hierarchies and, um, and, and forms of authority, you know, even sometimes our parents, right, you know, can, can play into this where, um, you know, they might have, have good intentions that they want, you know, they want us as kids to trust them, um, to come to them when, you know, when there's a problem or, or if there's help. And, and sometimes people really want to help, help us, you know, fix something, but they don't show us how to figure it out on our own. Yeah. Right. Um, and so we don't always really learn, have the chance to learn how to, you know, how to, how to rely on ourselves, um, for some of those things or how to, to hone in on what feels right for us in terms of our next action or what will really honor our, you know, our own, our own nature, um, within a certain situation, right? Um, so we're, you know, we're often taught to react in ways that, um, that people outside of us deem acceptable, appropriate. Um, and, and sometimes that works for us, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I like too in your book, going beyond the little, white book is the name of mm -hmm. your book um i like yeah. i like that you're constantly like hitting the ball back at the reader like the ball is in your court like what are you gonna do in terms of of the way it's presented you very much are facilitating that in terms of helping people tap into their own own intuition like each just i'm can i give people a quick break breakdown of how i experienced the book Sure, of course, yeah. Okay, so every single card is presented in this book, and there's about three pages per card. It's very compact but thorough. And then it does give an interpretation for each card, and it offers an interpretation for a relationship reading. I would say a suggestion, too, because it, it doesn't feel like you're being told, like, this is what this card means. It, it feels more like a suggestion, like this is what it could mean in a relationship reading or a career reading. And then there's a list of other possibilities for different kinds of reading. But then you have a mantra that people can use. And the part that I think a lot of people will get a ton out of is the questions or journal prompts for each card. So I think that's an amazing learning device because it really – it really does take you beyond the little white book to create a more personal experience for yourself. Was that your yeah. Was that your intention? Because that's how I. Absolutely. That's what I got out mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, a lot of um, I mean, a lot of that book came from um, from you know people who were learning tarot, and they would ask me um, you know certain questions about you know the context of the cards. What does it mean if it comes up? In this type of reading versus this type of reading, 
Um, and a lot of the time, you know, I, a common thread I found was that people were, um, were really worried about getting it wrong, right? Um, what if I, what if I make a misinterpretation and take something out of context? And so that was really a, a, a gap that, that I, I saw that, you know, I thought, well, maybe I can, you know, maybe I can help to, to fill this a little bit just in terms of giving, um, some additional meanings around the cards. But yeah, absolutely. I, I um, I think, you know, tarot is something that's very fluid, right? Just like our intuition is. And so um, I certainly didn't want to create something where people felt like now there's just this, this additional um, list of, of meanings to memorize. Yes. Um, because I think with tarot and, and with anything really, that can get exhausting, right? This fear of being wrong. And this is, this is you know, going back to what we're talking about in terms of what tarot does, you know, tarot is supposed to help you see that what you're feeling is, probably right and so you know it doesn't it didn't make sense for me to um to put something out that you know that felt like it was you know this kind of heavy-handed authoritative voice right I really wanted it to be something that um could be used as a springboard for people who might be looking for some additional information about how to interpret the cards but then um give them something that they can help build their own meanings with them their put their own language around those cards too mm -hmm. uh, which is why i think those questions can be really helpful right because once you start to uh to connect your own words your own vocabulary around your readings that's that's really when you step into yourself as a reader I think, because that's when your style comes through. That's when your personal experiences start to shine through and start to become relevant and connect back to these, you know, these really old traditional symbols that we often see in the cards. Yeah, I think that's what the questions do. They empower people. It, it, it empowers them and it gives them not that they need permission, but sometimes we think we need permission to to trust their own interpretation and their own voice and their own experience of each card, which I think is so much easier. It's an easier way to learn. If I'm remembering correctly, you said something about this is not a memorization game. And yes. it, it can be really overwhelming when you're like, there's 78 cards. And then all the cards interact with each other. And, and the spreads, I mean, there could be a huge spread with like 42 cards interacting with each other. How will I ever memorize all of this? And the answer is you don't have to. Exactly. And, you know, the other thing with, with putting those questions in there is that, yeah, people can use them as journal prompts. They can use them for themselves. But, you know, if, if someone is, is ever thinking, you know, maybe they've been working with tarot for a little while and they start to think, I'd really like to, to read for my friends more often, or I'd really maybe like to, to read at a fundraiser or something and just see how that goes. You know, there, there are those questions in there that can help you think, how might this card prompt a conversation with someone else if I was reading for them? Um, because that's often, you know, what we have to remember tarot also does, right? It's not, it's not so much about someone sitting down with their deck of cards, um, who's there to, you know, to wow you with their knowledge about what these cards mean. Yeah. Right. When a lot of people are going for a reading, you know, you don't always know what they have, what they need to get out of it, what they're hoping to get out of it. And sometimes, um, just having the right question put back at them or having, a, you know, a, a really significant, small conversation about a certain symbol or something can be so meaningful. You just don't know what it will be for them. So I also, you know, remind people that tarot, 
tarot isn't always, you know, it's not about the ego, right? It's not about wowing someone else or impressing them. It really can be just about opening up another conversation to help another person see a situation in a different way or find the answers that they need on their own. Yeah, yeah. And this book is great for someone like myself. I read just for myself. And it's awesome for somebody who wants to be a professional reader. And there's a trend that's been building. I don't know how how big it seems. <laughs> it seems that it could just go on forever. But people are collecting now tarot decks. And, and they have these massive collections. And some of these decks really do only come with like that little white book. Um, so it's cute. I like the name going beyond the little white book. <laughs> we all know what that means. But this is a universal book, which I love because you can have this massive collection and you can pull this book out. It's very relevant to people that have Ryder Waite Smith based decks, which is what I read. Uh, you know, I, I have a Druid craft deck. That is like some of the names are changed, but it's very much based on that Rider Waite Smith system. And I like that. I like to go deeper into one system. And I feel like any deck you have like that, this book will go great with. Yeah. I mean, I did that purposely, you know, because I, um, I, I didn't put any pictures in the deck in the book, um, because I didn't want it to be limited. You know, sometimes, um, I go to a lot of used bookstores and I always, Cruise the tarot shelf and the astrology shelf. And a lot of times I see tarot books there, but they're, you know, they're for specific decks. And, um, and so, you know, it's like, well, I don't work with that deck. So even if that book has maybe something really valuable in it, I'm just, I'm not always sure if I should get it, right? Because it might not be the right thing for me. So I just wanted to make something that people could use for, you know, whichever deck they're working with, right? Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, and just kind of make it open and, and something that, you know, hopefully can, can be timeless in that way, too. Because um, that's what the other thing that we think about with books is what's the shelf life, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder, like, are we one day going to not just be having a tarot shelf, but like a tarot section? Because like I said, it's just uh, people yeah. are creating and self-publishing their own decks now and collaborating. There are these collaborative decks coming out and it's just become, I don't know, in my world, I can, I mean, I can think of dozens and dozens and dozens of people who have these massive collections. So it's, it's, it's... Uh. It's a it's a trend, but I I don't know. Like it may it's a trend that might not end. What does that make it? <laughs> it's, it's so interesting, right? Um, I I think you know it, it's so interesting because um, you know for for those who are listening, I it, you know of course it will depend on on their age and and you know what decade it was when they were teenagers maybe or when they were younger and just trying to to maybe find something like tarot or. Um, or starting to explore these things because I know when I was, you know, when I was younger, um, it, you know, I was growing up in the nineties and it was pre-internet, right? So we didn't have Amazon or anything that we could order these things from. And, um, here in Toronto, there were, you know, a few stores, um, that you could go to to find books on tarot and tarot decks and things like that. But for the most part, you know, if you're growing up in the suburbs or something, um, there were just not a lot of options and there might be just one kind of tarot deck that you could buy at your local bookstore or something. And you didn't have all these choices and, and things or, or, you know, these young artists who are coming out now with all kinds of um, really interesting, dynamic, 
um, decks that, that also, you know, reflect um, the diversity of the world that we live in at this time. You know, there's just so many things that I think um, a lot of the new decks challenge and um, and in a good way, right? They're really pushing the boundaries of what tarot can be and how it can be interpreted. And um, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting time to, to be witnessing. Yeah, a lot of um, people of color are being worked into the cards, people of different sexualities, and then some people are just totally going off the old track and creating different almost like an oracle like tarot where it's it's doesn't tie into the old symbolism so it's yeah it's, it's going all over the place yeah it's it's really interesting and um and i think that it really opens us up to you know to again to be able to find decks that um that we resonate with right not everyone resonates with the rider weight um or or decks that are styled off of it you know um and and so so it's great just to yeah to be in this time where things are, are so free and so so open in that way right and it's also um so much easier now to create these things right 20 years ago um to self-publish your own deck was it was like a massive undertaking yeah it would have been expensive expensive exhausting time consuming absolutely yeah now and also you know, like where's your audience back in the day <laughs> like the, yeah. there's much more yeah. of, a, of a market for it now totally yeah yeah uh i i bookmarked a page in your book because i picked i i just started working this is interesting i bought the druid craft deck it's one i've had my eye on for a long time i bought it for myself many months ago and i left it in the box i felt i don't know it just didn't click or resonate with me i was kind of disappointed like huh which happens sometimes <laughs> and then and then just randomly maybe there's no you know coincidences or randomness maybe it was synchronicity i decided to pull it out uh for september and i loved it like i i was like oh my gosh it's been sitting here this whole time and i had this whole love affair with it and so i used it to pick a card i do usually i do three card readings or just i just pick a card like for the day or the month or a situation or something and i i picked a card for September and it was rebirth so it's one of those cards where they've renamed some of one of those decks where they've renamed a few of the cards not too many actually but rebirth is the judgment card and mm -hmm. uh the symbolism is very much in alignment with the old Rider Waite Smith it's a little bit different but um it's a small like naked child coming out of a tomb and it has that rebirth kind of vibe to it but I loved your judgment awaken to your higher calling i thought it'd be cool to read your intention for the card so each card in the book has an intention and uh and then a mantra so uh do you mind if i read that really quick go for it yeah yeah i think this will demonstrate how you can use a deck that might have like a card called rebirth but you know it's card 20 and that's the judgment card and, and the the interpretation the meaning is still the same so the intention of the judgment card. I am here to help you awaken to new possibilities. Let go of your old ways. Any previous mistakes or fears are no longer going to hold you back. Let me help you see a new way of life. Totally feeling that. That's what I felt when I pulled the card. And then, you, and then you have a mantra, which is great. A mantra for the judgment card. As I surrender to the process of transformation, a new path opens before me. So uh, that's just an example. All of the cards are represented that way, I believe, in the book. 
but that was one that was personal to me that I just wanted to share. Oh, that's amazing. You know, it's funny because judgment is actually one of my favorite cards um, in tarot. And it's, it's definitely one that I have a, a personal connection to as well. So yeah, I find it, it's so powerful when it comes up in a reading. Um, you know, it does, it does, you know, often indicate great change and, um, and such an important shift in energy. Is that why you like it? Um, you know, for me, actually, I like it um, because when, you know, when I was sort of in between, you know, I was, I was in between worlds, right? And, and I was really starting, um, I've been working with tarot for, for a long time and I kept having it show up more and more in my life. Um, and, uh, and at the time I was, you know, I was working at a nine to five that was really, um, not a healthy place for me to be. Um, and, uh, and I was starting, you know, I was starting to have all these opportunities outside of there. Like people would, you know, my friends would ask me, do you want to, do you want to come and read? read cards at a party, um, you know, do you want to do this, do you want to do that, my friend wants a reading, and all these little opportunities started coming up, and at first, you know, I, had, I hadn't really expected it or been looking for anything like that, right, um, but, but tarot just sort of was almost like showing up in my life more and more, and people, um, people would say, you know, we'll pay you, right, we'll pay you to come and read at the party, and I thought, hmm, okay, you know, I can do that. And the more I said yes to those things, the more I thought, you know, maybe this is something that, that I could do it with, right? Instead of, you know, instead of trying to just grind it out at my day job, right? Which I, I knew I, I was, you know, that felt, that felt dead to me, right? Um, and uh, I, I was starting to think, you know, maybe I should commit more to tarot. Maybe I should explore starting a, a side business or something like that, right? I was thinking like, I'll start small. And that whole, you know, as I was sort of mulling over those options and, um, and really paying attention to, you know, to those signs, that whole year, the judgment card kept showing up in every reading I did for myself. I would get judgment, 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 judgment. And, um, and, you know, finally things kind of just all flipped around and I just decided, you know, to dive in headfirst into this full-time tarot business instead of doing a slow build like I, I had thought. And, um, and in hindsight, I was like, okay, that's what the judgment card was about, really, right? I was like, okay, something's going to end, but it's time to reach for something new. And then everything just started changing in my life after that. Um, so I always, you know, whenever I see the judgment card, I'm always like, yeah, I know what you're all about. You know, it's <laughs> like this is, it, it is a time when we, you know, we do really do start to rise up to something else. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm feeling that. And, and you're walking your talk in terms of like surrendering to the moment and trusting that everything is is working out as it's meant to be like that's a mm. that's a great example of that do you, <laughs> do you have cards that I know a lot of people struggle with the judgment card one because the word judgment is not great yeah. like we're like yeah. immediately defensive when we hear the word judgment and two it, for a lot of people it has a religious connotation and that religious connotation is working is worked into the art of a lot of the cards and uh, and some people get into things like tarot because they're leaving behind a traditional religious background and so it brings up a lot of junk for them when they get a card like that for me most decks, not all, there's some exceptions, but the Hierophant is like that. Um, my favorite deck is the Tarot Illuminati. It's the one I read with all the time. I love every single card but the Hierophant because <laughs> because it's so religious. It looks like a Pope-like figure, and there are these two like monks bowing to him, and it's 
it's very, very, very religious, and it looks kind of creepy and menacing to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's an example of, of one from my own life. Do you have a card like that that you have struggled to reconcile with or that just brings up some things for you like that? Mm-hmm. You know, I find that's, I, I think um, it's, such a, it's such an important point, um, you know, because, yeah, with tarot, we have these images sometimes that, that can certainly, um, you know, challenge our relationships to certain things, right? Um, you know, there, there are some, some, there are a lot of Christian symbols there. Um, you know, it can bring up a lot of feelings um, that we may have had towards authority of different kinds, even with the court cards, right? The kings and the queens. Um, that can that can trigger certain you know, certain reactions for people, right? Um, you know, in terms of power dynamics, power struggles. Um, you know, uh, any time that we perhaps felt challenged um, by by the powers that be. Um, and so, you know, for me, I, you know, I've noticed those things, and I'm certainly um, conscious of them when I, I read for others. I haven't had that experience myself. Um, I've had cards that I've struggled with, uh, struggled to connect with more around their own their own images. Um, you know, sometimes you know there have been certain cards where I just thought like, you know, especially when I was first learning tarot, I would look at them and no matter what I did to try to connect with them, memorize them, learn them, I would draw a blank every time I saw them. Mm. Um, and and you know, I started to just kind of take that as a message in itself and think, you know, what does this card represent? Where is this energy missing in my life? Or what is my relationship to this kind of energy or this kind of action? Um, is it something that, you know, that I just haven't explored for myself? Is it something I haven't experienced? Like, why can't I connect to this? Wow. Um, Do you have an example? Oh, my goodness. Um, cards, you know... <laughs> Cards like the the Seven of Pentacles, the Eight of Pentacles. I remember those ones early on, where I'd be like, "What is this?" You know, like what, um, you know, or or looking at sometimes, um, you know, the, the Two of Wands. Um, I remember that one as well. Would sometimes just feel again like like a block to me. The Court cards. Um, I think you know the Court cards are, are very you know common ones that people say. I just. I can't connect with these. Um, and I certainly had that struggle too, you know, and it's funny because now there's some of my favorite cards to come up. Um, you know, when I see them, I get really excited, but, but early on, um, they just felt like, yeah, completely like just like blank slates. Like they, um, so yeah. So I, I think, um, you know, our, our ability to connect with the cards is it is going to be personal in a lot of ways. Um, in terms of the, you know, the traditional images, I, it's funny because I'm not a traditional person at all, um, you know, and I do things that, that sometimes, you know, depending on, on, you know, what else someone else's past um, might be or, or, you know, assumptions might be about um, how women should show up in the world or how women should look. You know, I do a lot of things that, um, that sometimes people are like, oh, you know, that's not expected, right? Um, you know, I'm really into bodybuilding and I go and I lift weights at the gym every morning and sometimes I'll be the only woman there. And, um, you know, I have, I've been getting tattooed for 17 years. And, uh, you know, a lot of the things that I'm interested in are, are you know, often very unconventional, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, with tarot and its traditional images, I've never had a, an issue connecting um, with those things. But I also look at them, I try to look at them in a very objective way. Um, 
and uh, and try to you know try to stay neutral and um, and just focus on my own relationship with the cards themselves mm-hmm. and and how they've spoken to me over time um, and uh, and I always explain that if someone is uncomfortable with something like you know the judgment card right yeah. um, you know yeah I always tell them well it's like you know it's not what it looks like this is what it is for me and sometimes that can be helpful yeah so do you end up I see you have a couple, you have several different readings that you offer, but I'm, I'm wondering, do you get into all of this with people back and forth, like teaching them, explaining to them kind of everything we're talking about here? Because I know you have, you have like a 60 minute session called a power hour. And then beyond that, yeah. there's, there's an even longer one called the deep, the deep, yeah. the deep dive. So like, what do you get into in the power hour or the deep dive? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's funny. I used to offer a half hour reading and a sixty minute reading, and um, no one would ever buy the half hour reading ever. Um, I would have one or two people a year buy them, <laughs> and um, but I would find that when I was doing, um, you know, everyone wants sixty minutes, and then I used to also do. Um, I still I still have a ninety minute astrology session, but that was my other option at the time. You could do. 30, 60, or 90 minutes. And so people always wanted longer. They wanted the hour or they wanted the hour and a half. And they never wanted the 30 minutes. And sometimes we would get into the hour and then people would, uh, we'd be at the end and it would go by so fast and they would say, oh, can I just stay? Can I just stay for another half hour? And, you know, sometimes I could say yes and sometimes I could say no, depending on my schedule for the day. And so I just started to think, you know, maybe I'll just add on some extra time. Um, because people just seem to want to go more, right? They want more, they want deeper, and they didn't want, you know, these quickie meetings. So I thought, well, why bother, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and I find that, you know, if time does really fly in a meeting, and sometimes you start to get into something, and, you know, you could spend 40 minutes to an hour talking about one question sometimes, depending on how deep it is for that person. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes it's nice just to be able to have that extra bit of time at the end, you know, um, to, to shift gears, to perhaps dive into, um, something else that came up that you weren't expecting in a reading or, um, or, you know, just to pull an extra card to talk about, you know, maybe what's your next step after this. Um, and it sometimes, yeah, it can just be nice to have that buffer time in there. Nice. And then you also, yeah. you also, in addition to reading for people, you teach people to row. Yeah. You do, uh, what did you, you have something in Toronto coming up I thought was really cool, even though there's only a few spots, there's like six spots open. Oh, but yeah, I tarot just, and poetry. I love it. It says poetry. Yeah. Poetry is magic. Poetry, yeah. And that, that's the part that I was like, I have to say that out loud, even if none of, <laughs> none of us live in Toronto or only a few of us do. It, it doesn't matter. I just, I wanted to explore that for a minute because it was called Poetry is Magic, a Poetry and Tarot Workshop. Yeah, um, you know, I've been writing poetry for years, um, and uh, and I was, you know, I I was, oh my gosh, yeah, I mean, I've been writing um, for you know, I think more time than I can count at this point, but um, I and I've written a few books of poetry, and so um, you know, I I find tarot is a very creative process, right? When we're you know laying down cards, putting together these interpretations, um, it, it becomes very creative, and I've always felt that you know intuition and creativity come from the same place right there are these sort of um there's this very intangible quality to both of them and you don't always know why you have to do or say what it's telling you to do but there's just this compulsion 
behind it, right? Where it feels right. Um, so I love to, you know, to combine those two and um, use, you know, tarot as, um, as a creative prompt, as a place where, you know, we can just actually pull from the symbols that we see in the cards sometimes and, you know, challenge ourselves to either, um, you know, work them into pieces that we're writing or, um, or to take, you know, take a card and, and talk a bit about what it means and then use that as a prompt to, you know, to either um, write, you know, write from a personal place from that, right? Um, you know, how might, how might you relate to the Queen of Wands and how can you build a poem based off of that kind of energy or an experience that you had maybe with someone who who's the Queen of Wands in your life, right? So there's all kinds of different ways that you can play with, with tarot and writing or any other creative practice, really. Um, but sometimes, you know, people with writing, it's like they just they just need a place to start, right? It's like just get me unstuck or just get me going and tarot can be that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thomas More talks about the poetics of soul. And mm-hmm. I feel our intuition is the voice of our soul versus the voice of our ego, which is totally we need that ego. It's very, very important, but it should be in yeah. service to the voice of your soul. And I love, mm-hmm. you know, poetry is an expression of that. And Tarot is a way almost to have a conversation with with your soul that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think creating is, is a very necessary practice for a lot of people. And, um, and sometimes, um, you know, sometimes we, we need help getting back to that, um, because it, it, it can be very hard to give yourself permission to spend time on something that's just for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it can be really hard as well sometimes just to, to connect back to your voice and think, well, what do I, what do I really want to say? And what do I need to say right now? Um, you know, especially if we're, you know, if we're say, you know, working in, um, working in jobs or, or we find ourselves in roles where, where sometimes we think we can't, we can't express ourselves fully, right? Where everything that we're saying is, is, you know, being heard and monitored and edited, right? Um, it's, it's, it becomes, I think, even, you know, more needed, um, for us to just have an outlet to really get back to our own stories and our own experiences and know how to honor them and why they, you know, how they've shaped us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I guess this brings me back around to the last thing that I cut and pasted from your website. <laughs> so I'll, uh, it's from your your course description on um, you're teaching people. It's like a beginner tarot reader course is how I yeah. how it came off to me. Uh, but you said tower tarot is a powerful tool that helps you to strengthen your intuition. It deepens your self awareness, which in turn deepens your connection to the world around you. Tarot gives you the power to trust yourself more, make clearer decisions, and welcome new awakenings and insights that can change the course of your life. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the name of that course? Can you so tell us a little bit about it, like how long it is and all that? Absolutely. Yeah, so it's Tarot for Beginners. Um, it starts September 20th, and it's nine weeks. Um, and, uh, and basically I, you know, this course, it's taught, it's taught online. Um, I teach it live, but, um, if, you know, if you can't make the live classes, you get the recordings for it so you can catch up later. And then you have access to me in between classes if you have extra questions or anything like that. Um, but this is basically everything that I would have wanted someone to tell me about tarot when I first started working with tarot. Um, so, you know, we go through, you know, we go through, um, some, some reading techniques, um, in the class. We also, um, we'll talk about, 
um, all the major arcana. We'll talk about the suits as well. Um, it was really like a, a deep dive into, um, you know, into a combination of, you know, how do you read the cards? How do you understand the cards? Um, I share just a lot about, you know, my own, my own techniques, um, in terms of putting together interpretations, starting to piece it together. Um, but again, it's at a beginner's level, right? So it's not like we're going, you know, super heavy into big spreads like Celtic Cross or anything like that. Um, this is, you know, again, all of the stuff that, that, um, that I find really resonates with, um, people who are, are still considering themselves beginners, right? So, um, so this class is great for anyone who has just bought their first tarot deck and hasn't even cracked it open yet. But it's also great for people who have maybe been, you know, diving into tarot for a year or two, but still feel very much like, um, like they're, you know, they need, they need to get some more confidence just around connecting with the cards, understanding their meanings, um, and understanding how to, how to start putting readings together. Yeah, it's so, I, I have some people in my mind that some, I've received some comments before about people saying, you know, I bought tarot and I was all excited about reading it and then it was just too overwhelming and complicated. So I just turned to Oracle cards instead, which is totally fine. Um, but for those people, if, if they want to like go back uh, and approach it in a way that does not feel overwhelming or uh, overly complicated, I feel like your book or this course or both would be like perfect. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, my, you know, the thing, the thing to keep in mind is that whenever someone's looking for, I think, any classes on tarot um, or books on tarot is that, again, you know, the people who are putting this information out, they're going to have, you know, their own style. And, and some people, um, you know, may take a very esoteric or traditional approach to tarot, right? Um and, you know, for me, I'm a really practical person and I like to make things very clear. Um, you know, I also, my background is in writing and I worked as a journalist. Um, so, you know, for me, it's like I'm used to explaining things in ways um, that I think is, is helpful, right? That, that's, been, that's always been my aim. How do I help people understand something that I think is important? So if, you know, if people are looking for that kind of teacher, right, if they're looking for someone to talk to them about tarot in a way that feels um, very clear, um, that, you know, that sort of strips back any, you know, any of the mystery or any of the, you know, more, more esoteric stuff that, you know, they might not find as necessary at that beginner level, um, then I'm probably their person, right, because I'm just going to get in and I'm going to show you how I actually read the cards. And how you can start to do this for yourself and for other people. Um, and, and, you know, knowing that, you know, I, I am someone who, um, who believes that everyone can benefit from tarot in some way. I think it's, it's a great thing for everyone to know how to do, um, or, or just to experience because I, I do think that tarot can really, um, you know, transform you and change you in ways that you might not even expect at the time. Um, some people, I think, you know, they, they still think tarot is a, is a sort of, you know, hokey, you know, hokey strange thing, um, hokey, right? And, hokey strange, that's the name of my new band. Yeah. My new yeah. band, hokey strange. <laughs> um, and, you know, and again, it's like some people are really drawn to, um, to to that kind of vibe and then other people are like, oh, I just don't know if this is for me, right? And, and I tell them, like, it's it's probably not what you think it is. You know, tarot, tarot is so many things all wrapped into one and sometimes you just have to try it to know what I'm talking about. 
Well, I love to end these things with the same question over and over again. So maybe I'll customize it to you a little bit. Based on the many readings you've given over the years and something you see people struggling with that keeps them from creating their dream, whatever their dream is, what is the one tip you have, it can be anything, for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? Oh, my goodness. Um, hmm. One tip, it's hard to get it down just to one. Um, well, it doesn't have to be the tip. It can just be, it can just be a tip. A tip. You know, it's, it, it sounds so obvious, um, but, you know, the, the thing I notice that it comes down to so much is you just have to start. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Get some fire, get some fire going. Look for the fire in your astrology chart. Exactly. <laughs> tap, in, tap into yeah. that. Maybe, maybe work with the queen of wands a little bit or, well, who, what, yeah. would, what, be a, what would be a good card for that? Oh my gosh, I love the King of Wands. Oh, he's very sexy in some decks. Love it. Like, I just, because I, I see the King of Wands, and I, you know, um, there are different astrological associations that you'll find with tarot. I love to connect the King of Wands to the sign of Aries. Um, maybe it's because I'm an Aries myself, I don't know, but every time I see that card, it just feels so badass to me, because I just think, like, this guy doesn't care about what anyone else thinks. He's just going to do his thing. He's going to believe in himself a thousand percent. And he's just going to, you know, carve his own path in life and just do it on his terms. And so it's like, you just got to be the king of wands sometimes. Sometimes you just got to be the king of wands. That's your tip. Yeah. That's your tip, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> From Liz Worth to your ears. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Liz. I really appreciate oh, this. It was great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Much love to you. Peace.